Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. My name is Christine Jewell, and today I have a special guest with me. I don't usually have guests on this podcast, but the topic that I want to dive into today is cultivating presence, Um, the ability to just be here, be now, hold space, and not be reactive to everything in our environment. And so I just thought it was perfectly fitting that today I bring this guest on because he's someone who has really been able to not only be an awesome example of this, um, a role model for this in my own life, an inspiration for a lot of the work that I do with the men and that we do with the men together. We work together a lot on this topic. So I am here with my husband. I have brought Mark Jewell on today. My husband, my king, my partner in crime. We are on a joint mission to really help men and women. And Mark is on a mission to help teams um, stop surviving and start thriving. And he is the founder of Thrive Today, which is a corporate coaching and training company. We like to say it's the uh, life coaching for the corporate world, right? So I'll let him introduce himself in a second. But I really just love this conversation. And, you know, before I jump in, I'm just going to say that, do you find yourself still being a hostage, reacting to your environment your atmosphere. Before you know it, you're hot, you're irritated, you're bothered, you're lashing out, or you're all triggered and you just can't seem to pull it back to ground zero. And you may be spending a lot of time in the land of regret, like, oh shit, (laughs) why did I, why did I do that? So that's really what I want to dive into today and maybe give you guys some practical tools that you can start to implement in your own life on how to respond differently as you enter into these situations. So welcome, love. I'm glad to be here. Yay. Am I the first guest? You are the first guest. Yeah. We're going fluid on this podcast. Mark and I usually just shoot the shit and we just talk. And so I don't really have an agenda or an outline. I just want to ask you some questions. But, um, you know, I wanted to bring you on here because I would say that you are the king of presence. So. Even though I know that you don't, it's something that um, I know, you know, we all feel like we struggle with. So first of all, I want you to do a little intro. Tell us a little bit about Mark Jewell. I kind of said a little bit already, but um, why is this topic actually so near and dear to your heart? Well, you hit the high points Did. on the on the intro there, but you know, why why is presence so important? So it comes from a root of how I want to experience my life, mm-hmm. right? So at the end of the day, I mean, to be like, to use the, a very easy example, like I don't want to live my day constantly triggered and reactive to everything and every, everyone, every piece of stimuli out in the environment. Um, it's more like, I don't watch the news. Right. As an example, like, cause that's yeah. stimulus in the environment that will, you know, often cause me to, to get distracted and be less grounded. It's a, it comes from a place of raising the standard, raising the bar for how I desire to experience life. And yeah. so there are certain things that just get almost eliminated, uh, but then there always are still, still going to be triggers. And so then it comes from a place of needing to do the the inner work. And this wasn't something I, I set out one day and said, oh, yeah, I want to be the king of presence. <laughs> I just whatever. gave you a new title, king of presence. <laughs> you know, I think I've never, ever called myself that. 
because it feels like a in some sometimes it's a it's a daily battle. This morning is a you know prime example. Triggers all over the place and things like that. And even of trying course. to do like my morning routine, like still, um, you know, running into to barriers with it. So it's a it's it's not just something that you are. It's not just something that you become. <coughs> um, but it is a it's a practice. And the you know the upside, the benefit of being able to to create presence is it creates in some ways, kind of a gravity for people, or at least a grounding, I think, for the people around you yeah. to start to, to be able to stand on when they get rattled as well. So that's, that's where it comes from. That's, that's why it's important because yeah. I, I, I desire to have some stable <laughs> ground, some stable ground around some me gravity. <laughs> for, for myself and my people to stand on. Yeah. I love that. And I can, I definitely relate to that. You know, I, I talk about the, you know, I have this insatiable appetite to just like experience the fullness of life. It's something that I talk about all the time and I want to like squeeze the lemon and squeeze the juice out of every single moment together. So it's no surprise for me. My love language is quality time. So presence is huge, right? If I were out to dinner and it's like, I want all of you, like all of your attention, right? Or we're talking about things and it's really important, especially for those people whose love language is quality time, right? But, um, and I love what you said. So yes, totally relate. And really, isn't that how we all want to live our life is to be able to fully enjoy what we're in and what we're going through in every season and the process, like savoring it all. And, you know, in the last episode that I recorded, I was talking about how so many of us are living most of our life in the future or the past. And for a lot of high achievers that are listening to this podcast, I bet it's more in the future. We're kind of like, what does this mean? What's going to happen next? Right? We're in that anticipation, kind of like hot mess of anxiety that we we all struggle with that. So that's that's the first thing. And then the the, the other piece that you said that I think is huge, and I want to dive into that more, is um, being the atmosphere and being the one that influences and holds space in the atmosphere instead of being influenced by the atmosphere. Because one thing we know is like we've all walked been in that room where like that one person walks in or maybe we've walked into a room and right away like everybody's back is sort of up. You're walking on eggshell. Like the air is not good. The atmosphere is not good. And we've also all been in a situation where someone could just be in the room not saying, one word, and the whole atmosphere changes. Mm-hmm. So I love this idea or this knowing that we can literally begin to be the one that influences the room or be influenced by the room and begin to shift the atmosphere. Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I want to talk about that because when we're in this triggered pattern, we end up just being influenced mm-hmm. by everything around us. And you you brought up the thing un you know, unanchored or ungrounded and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, anyhow, the, the, I want to just kind of unpack that a little bit, like how fast it is to become like triggered and not present and then just start down a hole. Well, let's, let's just take a, a general look at society, right. And just like how, how reactive, right. We are, you know, we have a we have a market based system, yeah. <laughs> globally, that's very reactive to you know a headline that comes out or somebody you know a, a series of bad emails gets somehow found in somebody's uh, in some CEOs or some coaches you know email inbox and all of a sudden like that you know triggers the, mm-hmm. the stock in that company to mm-hmm. drop you know five mm-hmm. ticks or ten mm-hmm. ticks or something like that. Um, you know we so so that's an example. There every day there's another headline. Right. Yeah. Uh, the old news motto, right, mm-hmm. is that if it if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> and this is if like, it bleeds, it leads. We're just like trained to follow so, chaos, right? So, so all this is based off of, I mean, really, I mean, basic human programming. So when we think about the the what they call the the amygdala or the lizard brain, right, the very root, the very primitive. Uh, part of the brain that is there to help you protect yourself, defend yourself, uh, protect your people, your tribe, your family, and, you know, those that are closest and that's about it. And so it's, it's very selfish. Yeah. Right. 
And so when we, so, so we, we know this, like we know that we can trigger people to look mm. at our advertising. We know that we can trigger people to look at our news headlines so we can draw them into the phone just by putting a little red number on the top <laughs> right corner of your yeah. app, right? And those are the things that, that continuously draw people in. So, uh, and, it, and it creates an addiction to the cycle of, <clears throat> of what's going on. So this is what's happening, right? When people are not coming from a grounded, when we're not purposely curating a grounded lifestyle, a grounded space for us, we tend to be very reactive to what's going on. And the whole world is programmed with all the stimuli to be able to, your email yeah. is doing it, by the way. A lot of guys are listening to this right now and say, oh, no, not me. I don't get triggered by all that stuff. I don't do, I don't know. I'm not even on <laughs> social media and all this shit. And then guess what? Yeah, they get triggered. Email. <laughs> as soon as your email, I promise you, when an email pops up, you're picking You're picking yeah. up your phone. Go into the, the app report on your phone and see how many times you actually pick up your phone every yeah. day. It's tracking. That's crazy. How many times you're picking up and setting down your phone every day, right? And so there's all of that stuff going on. So when I'm talking about you know, when we're, when we're talking about presence, just see what this feels like. This would be an interesting experiment for you to do right now, for anybody to do. Decide to go for a two-hour stretch today, purposely, intentionally. Turn your today. phone off. <laughs> yep. And leave your phone at home and yeah. go somewhere. Yeah. Right? Or leave it at the office and go home tonight. Yeah. And just, it's not even about completing that task. Notice how you feel. Right. As you leave it yeah. there. Right. Even I deal with this. Right. I mean, I've been uh, putting on a big marketing push in the business and like really relearning how to market my my company, which means that I, I have to write the emails <laughs> and and do the social media posts. And so I'm tracking like are people paying attention or, you know, we just sent out an email. So I'm going to be in my active campaign here. And as soon as we get off this call and I'm going to wonder, OK, well, what was the open rate within the first hour after I sent a marketing email yeah. this morning? Right. Or whatever the case may be. So, you know, we're, we're, we have so much access to, <clears throat> to data and information, we get addicted to it. And, and so it becomes really easy to, to, um, to allow this, this phone or whatever your source of the data is to become kind of that. You become very present with that, thing, <laughs> which means what, <clears throat> right? I'm not being You're present. taken away from wherever you're so, at. So yeah. if, we're, if we're out to, you know, to dinner tonight or whatever the case may be, right? And I'm constantly like, you know, feel, even if I'm, even if I leave it in my pocket or even if I leave it in my car, but my mind is constantly wandering back to like, yeah. oh, I wonder if that so-and-so emailed me back or I wonder if, you know, mm -hmm. how, many, how many comments are on this post mm -hmm. now or the case may be, right? My mind is not being present. Yeah. Right? And so... I, I was a very, very fortunate, and I'm just going to give you where the, the grounding for where my, my sense of presence comes from, Yeah, like my standard, uh, so to speak. Can I pause there or come back to that, or do you need to go with this train of thought? Well, yeah. Yes? Do you, can, will you roll this? Can you hold this? <laughs> I just want to really double tap on what he said, because I think like it's so key on what you said, that we have been trained. We are trained. Every single one of us is trained and programmed, and we are being trained and programmed every day to attack, <laughs> defend, mm -hmm. um, protect, or respond to these dopamine hits, right? It's either like, am I in survival? Like, I hear, I see something, and right away my back's up against the wall, or I feel like I have to, you know, this, this defensiveness is a huge one, reacting, right? Or reacting to like, ooh, this dopamine chemical drip of like, ooh, that feels good. I want more of that addictive thing, right? So I just wanted to like put a little bookmark in that and double tap to say, hey, we're human. We're kind of like, chemical, like biologically, this is a reality. Like this is, there's nothing wrong with you. It's, it's knowing that it's, it is a chemical game and it's a programming game. And so we have been programmed and now the work, when we decide to, you know, not be so reactive, you know, to the automatic programming that's running in the environment, it takes a lot of conscious awareness to come up and notice Oh, I'm I'm on attack mode. I'm on defense mode. I'm just like addicted to this feel good moment, but nothing, you know, I'm actually taking away. It's actually taking away yeah. from the experience. So, well, yeah. Um, I wanted know, to say that. I, I had the wonderful privilege of growing up very rural. Yeah. Very poor. 
um, and with, uh, you know, with a, with a father who, who did, you know, a lot of things. Now I'm not going to accuse him of being the most present. Like he was always working. Like yeah. we, we still did yeah. these things back then prior to the, the advent of, you know, everybody having computers and phones and all kinds of other technology. Um, you know, men just found other ways to, to consume themselves with work. Right. Um, shed. <laughs> however, however, we did grow up in a very quiet place. We grew up in a, in a place where, you know, like when the work was done, the work was done and we would go in and we would have dinner and you would sit there and, and, and be in a space as a family. And the expectation yeah. is that you were at the table right? and there were no distra- other distractions, like the phone might ring once in a while or something like that. Or, you know, somebody would leave the TV on in the other room, but that's about it. So, yeah. uh, so I grew up in that space. I also grew up in a way where um, we, we told a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. So we were big storytellers and this was always our, like the, the way of connecting. And, um, it's still one of the things I love the most about how I grew up. My dad was a crop duster, right? He mm-hmm. flew an ag plane. He was, mm-hmm. you know, flying 10 feet off the ground, 110 miles an hour, flying across the field, spraying crops. And it's, uh, it's every bit as crude and rudimentary as you, as you imagine, like when you see it, like the old school, like in the movies, right? Yeah. Like that's what he did. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, today they have more modern planes and GPS and stuff like this. This is very like old school. But he said, he, he told me one of the, uh, one day when he, he was telling one of his stories about how he almost crashed or something like that. And it's, it's a story that I've probably heard dozens of times because mm-hmm. it gets told on a regular basis. Uh, but he stopped one day, uh, I was about 16 years old. And he said, you know, when, when I was flying that plane 10 feet off the ground and 110 miles an hour, there's nothing else going on on the planet. Yeah. I love that. There's nothing else <laughs> happening in his mind. Yeah. You know, like that was his moment of bliss. That yeah. was, and that became for me over the years, as I think back to that story and that lesson, it became for me like, that's the standard of being now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so I'm not perfect at it. Nothing else is going on but in the world except for this right no, now. Yeah, there's nothing like when I, if I can create a space where the only thing that we're doing right now is making this podcast, and I'm only slightly distracted by the really weird noise that the dog <laughs> is making behind us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's you know like the only thing like yes, sure. There's other stuff I get to go do today, and I have financials to take care of, and I have you know people to follow up with, and well, we're making an offer on a property today. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, so there's. Lots of things going on. Um, but for this, you know, 30, 45 minutes, I can We're be here. here and do this and just be in this moment and do these things. Um, he said to me, when, whenever you can find out um, what you can do for work, where you're, that's the only thing that's going on, the only thing that's entering your mind. He said, find a way to do that every day of the rest of your life and get paid for it. Yeah. And this is really where that idea of flow state and all of that comes into, I know I was not a crap duster, but I love, that's how I feel when I'm skiing. You know, you ask me like, I love, you guys listening, like, I just love snow skiing. I love downhill snow skiing and I love mountain biking and I love water skiing. And I think it's because like when you are water skiing behind a boat on a slalom course or when you're going downhill in the mountains or you're on a mountain bike trail that's always changing and always moving and there there is no opportunity to be distracted because the minute you do, you die or like you just can't first of all you can't afford to do that right because you have to be so there and so i love and i you know i love to live like that too is to think about you know nothing else matters i'm just fully here fully immersed in this this thing that i'm doing and i think we're both really lucky yes and blessed because we opted into this we're not lucky because we chose this is doing work that we actually really really love you know we're both in the coaching industry we're really aligned in our missions and so it's in that respect when you start getting in alignment with things that you love with things that you enjoy like remember you know you picked your partner <laughs> you love them so if you're showing up like just being there right being with our clients being with the teams being with the children being with each other remembering that like we chose this, right? We're choosing this and every day we're opting in. Every day I'm opting in. And of course it becomes easier and easier to do it when you're doing what you love. When you're doing what you love, what you love comes easy, right? It's like, it just keeps multiplying. Um, But I want to talk about like, how do we train this in, right? Because I think all of us can relate. Yeah, it sucks to A, be on the receiving end 
of being with our partner. And it's like, where is she? <laughs> where is he? He's never really here, physically present, mentally absent, physically present, emotionally absent, or maybe not even physically present, right? That's a big one. Like you just wrote that sure. post. So, you know, I want to kind of talk about that. Like, you know, how do we start to retrain ourselves to to show up, you know, physically, mentally, and emotionally present? Um, because, yeah, we kind of can fall into all of these categories, right? Where we say, well, you know, like, you don't really need me to be here, <laughs> right? Or maybe I'm here, but I'm always checked out, right? So, so there's, you know, again, okay, I'm going to reiterate this, but it's going to come back. You have to ask yourself a question. What's the standard with which I live my life? Yeah. Right? What is my standard for existing? A lot of times we get asked being in the corporate training space, you know, when I'm sitting down with decision makers and I say, okay, you know, what, what's, what's going on? What are the things that you need? What's, what's perceived? And often in a, in a, in a long list of other things, we usually in the top three or four is time management. We need our people to be better time managers. They got to manage their time better. Yeah. Yeah. And over the years I've come to just laugh at this idea, right? Cause we've been, <laughs> this is, this conversation has been going on forever. Like, as a human, like as a human species, at least in America, or at least in corporate America, like we should have got this one by now, right? Like I got my first Franklin Covey planner in 1998. That was my first thing, and I still sucked at managing. time. I just laugh time, at this right? idea of managing time. How can right? you manage something so, that just is exactly? So, so let's frame it up this way: what's what are, uh, what's time going to do if you time? stop trying to manage it? Right, right. Keep going. Gonna is it going to just quit? Is it going to quit and go yeah. home? Yeah. No. Right? Time moves on with or without you, no matter how you decide to experience your day. The question you need to ask yourself is what's the standard for how I want to experience my day? From that moment, if I decide, hey, I want I want to experience my day with more calmness, with more peace, with more presence throughout, then now you can start you, you actually have motivation for um putting things into the calendar. We all have, we all walk around with these phones now. Every one of these comes pre-programmed with a calendar. Yeah. Right? And it's like a lot of it's automated. I can actually just talk to my phone and ask it to put something on my calendar to remind me. Right? <laughs> so there's lots of ways. So it's the, the tools are there. The tools are fully integrated into your life. The question is, why aren't you using them? Why aren't you paying attention to what's on the calendar? Why aren't you looking at what's, what's ahead on your day and then creating your morning, right, to give yourself a head start with the morning routine so yeah. that you can, you know, feel more present throughout the day. Why aren't you taking 10 minutes at two o'clock in the afternoon to go do a quick meditation so that you can experience a, a sharper version of yourself for the last, you know, two hours and 45 minutes of the day yeah. before you clock out at five o'clock yeah. or whatever you do. So, um, so, so, so in part, Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's choosing a different, a higher standard, a better standard for how you want to experience the day. Okay. okay I want to pause because I, we talk a lot about standards and those of you who, you know, been following me for a while, you know, this is a question that I always ask is like, what is the standard now? Because we're always upgrading and expanding our standards, right? We raise that we become like the tide that raises the other boats, right? And so we hold it. And the more we can hold that presence of that, it starts to shift everything around. And, you know, I, again, I want to like go back to this idea of like, we get to manage time. Like actually time is just is, it's like saying, I'm going to manage oxygen. Like I don't really like it. Just is. It's moving. It's always there. It's a resource. I think you might have a better chance with oxygen. Managing, yeah, you can do breath work, right? But that's kind of the idea is like, can I increase the amount of air and oxygen that I pull into my system? The number one nutrient for my body, yes, right? Some people are really poor managers of oxygen. And if you're if you're looking at it that way, but my question is like, do I get too shit? I think like one of the questions that I also ask myself is, and I've been beaten over this like over the last two years has really been upgrading my relationship with time, right? Because before I was, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast feel like they're in a race against time. And so time seems to be something that's shrinking all the time, right? It's like, you know what it's like when you're running late for something, it's like you hit every single red light, everybody in front of you drives 10 miles slower per hour. And it's like when we're in this pressure, which means we're living out front and time starts to contract. It's not that time is contracting. It's that our experience with time 
is contracting. So we're feeling all of this pressure. So I know for me, like one of the things that has been huge was I need to upgrade, number one, what time is and my relationship with it and trusting it because, sorry, we got a kitty cat here playing. Um, But, you know, because to your point, like the morning ritual is something that you've done and, you know, we do and we kind of go off and do our own and we take time to meditate in the afternoons. And, you know, I think that's why why don't most people do that? They don't trust time. They're terrified. Like, if I do this, I'm going to fall behind or something's right. going to, so, you know. I mean, the common excuse that I hear, right, is like, oh, you know, it's, it's almost like I have to, I've got to, um, I got to sacrifice something else so that I can have this hour. Right. Right. To me. And I was the same way 10 years ago. I mean, I tell you what, I mean, it was like a huge deal when I claimed. I remember having the conversation with my ex wife. I was, was, you know, it's 31, 30, 31. I woke up the day after my birthday. I was like, this sucks. Like, there's not much that I really enjoy about my life right now. So much of this is just off. My money's not right. My, my, my health is not right. My, I don't have the level of significance that I thought I would have by 30 years old. I don't know what you're supposed to have (laughs) in retrospect 10 years later, but you know, whatever was in my mind at that time, I was nowhere near where I thought I should be. Um, so I was feeling behind, right. Mm -hmm. Feeling behind in my money, feeling behind in my relationship, feeling behind in everything. And I was always just playing catch up and it was miserable. And so finally, like I just, I went and, I had been doing all the things. I would put the kids to bed and I would get up with the kids in the morning because I was in grad school and doing contract work. So I was at home. So I felt obligated to be the one to take care of this because she was going to the university where she was working. And um, so like all this stuff, you know, was dependent on me to make sure that it got done. Right. Um, and I won't even get into some of the details about like, you know, how the relationship worked. If I didn't, get the kids, but there were, you could Fear. Imagine, so it was like afraid. It was a reactionary relationship. It was very reactionary. Right. And so finally I just said, you know what? So from five to 6 AM, I'm deciding that this is now my hour. This is my time during the day I'm getting up and whatever else happens, kids can get up, do whatever they want. That's on you. Mm-hmm. And I finally just like, Put my foot and then like put you my, upgraded your standards. My, yeah, I like pounded my staff in the ground and I said, "This is now my time." And you know, at the time, all I did was um, you know I didn't have t- you know money or you know a gym membership or anything like that. I would literally just go into the kitchen and put on a pot of coffee. Yeah, and I would sit down with my MacBook and I would and I would watch motivational speakers on YouTube and drink coffee. Yeah, for one hour. <laughs> And that's what I did. That was the starting point. That was the start to my morning ritual, my morning routine. And what happened, right, is just like now I'm I'm, I'm putting good content in. I'm not just binge watching Sons of whatever uh, anarchy, you know, late at night for my content. Now I'm actually putting in good, positive content. And that started to snowball. And I would listen to more of it throughout the day. And as I was working or writing papers for grad school or whatever, right now I'm actually listening to, you know, positive motivational stuff like three, four hours a day. And as I'm sure it's in there, it's in the atmosphere. good stuff out and it completely started to shift how I saw myself which allowed me to then make the next series of decisions that eventually led to me founding my you know being very successful at the work that I was doing and then going off and founding a company I think what you said is huge there because I bet a lot of you listening I'm sure you have a morning routine right I'm sure you have a morning routine you have one it might be get up get dressed and go out but I, I know that definitely in the high performance world in the you know the world of personal development like we've we've been told you know you get up you read, you do these things. I don't know. I'm curious, you know, it'd be interesting to know how many people actually have a morning ritual or routine that they have where they've upgraded the standards and sort of set the pace for the day. But I think what is key there is that at least this is what I hear and notice, and I'm sure you do the same, is like people start off really good. It's like going and getting a great workout and you're like, oh, I feel amazing. You know, I'm ready to take on the day. Then they get in the car and within like three hours, everything goes to shit. <laughs> you know, like it's hell in a handbasket. And um, I think what you said there is key in terms of a tactical thing where, you know, your ears are your portals, right? And we're always plugging into some level of noise information, which also carries energy, mm-hmm. which carries a frequency. And 
it is like you're, you're tuning into a channel. And so if you are tuned into the channel in the morning, whether you're praying, you're meditating, you're working out, I mean, if you guys don't have anything going on there, like that has been huge. Like uh, you and I talked about this yesterday. We had a couple mornings of having, being off with our morning routine and we were both like off, right? We were just like kind of, we were aware, but we were struggling to find our ground a bit. And we mm-hmm. kept having to recalibrate and reset. The morning thing is huge, but then the question is like, what is my practice throughout the day of being consciously plugged in or plugged out of all of this noise, right? It's like really opting in because we don't even realize just noise is coming all the time and it carries energy, right? And and so if you are, you know, maybe in a really decisive, fast-moving environment where you're having to go, go, go and interact with a lot of different people and teams. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then you've got stuff going home with your teenage kids and whatever. Like, there's a lot pulling on you Mm -hmm. and siphoning from you all day that is going to be pulling on your energy, draining your energy, right? We already know, like, decision-making is a massive energy drainer, and it just lowers your capacity and lowers your ability to be present. So how do we recalibrate? What are some, like, practical ways to actually become more aware. We talked about awareness already, but I think once we're aware, Mm -hmm. it's now consciously making a decision to, I call it, come back to ground zero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But maybe somebody doesn't have, I mean, I know you meditate and take your naps in the day, (laughs) which is great. And we have the luxury... You created an environment that is such. That was not always the case. I just decided that that gets to be my standard. And if I need 15 (laughs) minutes at 2 o'clock, I take it. This man is a master napper, you guys. He can, like, lay down, and within 10 minutes, you're, like, out. And then within, like, five more minutes, you're up, and you're like, okay, I'm refreshed and good to go. That's all. It's just a—it's just a—it's not a nap. It's a chemistry reset. Yeah, that's exactly it. that's uh, that's that's for the master's level. That's for yeah. the next. Like, <laughs> that's next level stuff. Down, teach yeah. you how to master now. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's, let's talk some tactical stuff. Yeah. Right? Let's talk Can tactical some, stuff. Some tactical things. So first of all, presence is an inside job. Right? It has nothing to do with what Christine is up to today. It has nothing to do with what's gone on this morning already, and some of the triggers that were around here for me this morning. And it has nothing to do with what's going on in the news. No, it's nothing external. Presence is an inside job. You own it. This is your responsibility. This is yours to curate, to manifest, uh, however you so choose. Okay, so that's step one. So owning that, this is my thing, and I get to find a way to create more presence if this is a desire for you if you want to raise your standards okay it's a it's an inside job so what are the what are the tactics what are the things okay well one i found this i've learned this from you actually (laughs) Uh, getting enough sleep yeah he resisted this one you resisted this one for a long time like and when i'm in when i'm in go mode when it's like biz dev season and i'm in like you know grind mode like i'm perfectly happy you know, going to bed at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, waking up at five, six, you know, getting that Mm -hmm. six hours of sleep ish. And and that's good. I'm good with six. Like I can do it. Yeah. Right. I just didn't understand how good I, how much better I could feel with like actually getting seven to eight hours. Yeah. Like a true seven to eight. Seven to nine hours is the sweet spot people for your brain to reset, recalibrate, Mm -hmm. renew, restore and your body. Cause your body needs to be able to hold the presence for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so <clears throat> what I, I don't get this done every day, but like I really like four days a week, like I've got to sweat. Yeah. Right. Like I've got to sweat some way, shape or form, like really activate the muscles, get the pores like pouring and like really get out and go do that. So, you know, having some, whether it's, whether you hire a trainer, go to a gym or do it on your own, you know, I prefer to go to a gym we have a gym at home and it's great, right? Yeah. And you then see I have, our home gym I have in the wife who's like 20 years in the fitness and, and health industry. And so, like, when we work out together, like, I let her write the workouts. But here's what's really important to me when I work out is that I am disconnecting from everything else. The yes. biggest struggle I have was when I work out alone at home. Right. I'm constantly like gravitating back over to my phone and like looking at stuff and like trying to pick the music and I got to figure out the workout. This is why I like to go work out with a trainer or go into ultimate workout or I go to mix or <clears throat> and, and work the bags or whatever. If I have a trainer or a class that I'm a part of for that 45 minutes to an hour, I am completely divorced from everything yeah. else. And just, it's just me and my body. Yeah, I love that you said that because when I own the Holistic Health and Wellness Studio, that's why people would love to come in. They're like, this is like my one hour where I don't have to think. I don't have to make decisions. And that's 
But yeah. The rest, of it, especially, I mean, we all do it, right? And as a man, like you're constantly thinking, strategizing, like trying to figure yeah, out the we next thing. We need to thing. disconnect from that. And yeah, you need to be able to just disconnect. And I want to say with that too, the other thing I see is like, and I know I used to do this because I was trained. Again, we're always trained, right? We're trained that you always have to be consuming. You always have to be consuming something, food, alcohol, coffee, information, uh, information books, right? And so there's this idea that if I sit still, I'm somehow falling behind. So, you know, there isn't a, you know, yes, we want to optimize time, but if there is never any time for silence, for introspection, and every single moment on the treadmill needs to be filled with the next book, the next podcast, and we're always stuffing ourselves, we're so stuffed with information, there's no room for us to actually allow anything in. So, right, it's like we're just consuming. It's like stuffing yourself after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And there is so much good stuff on the table, but you're like, I got room. I got no room Mm -hmm. for any of this to actually, like, sink in, absorb, enjoy it, and integrate it, right? And we're just, like, in this pattern, societal pattern of stuffing ourselves and gorging on Mm -hmm. all information, right? Toxic information, energetically training information, and also things that we would consider motivational or, you know, like business books and stuff. And it was interesting because a couple, I've done a lot of episodes lately, a few episodes on stillness and the seasons of life. And I remember when I was being called into a season of stillness. I talked about that in the last podcast. And one of the things that came through loud and clear for me in my spirit, and you were looking at me thinking, I was like, you're like, what are you doing? But I purged. I took like three bins of books off my shelves because it was just noise in the background. They were old business books, old personal development books that were very much about the hustle and grind and the 10X and all of that. And it was just the energy of that that I was in for so many years. And I was like moving away from operating from that energy, from playing in that space that, you know, you have to be up at four and you got to go, go, go and hustle and grind. And so I... I felt like God was just very clear, like, get rid of that. Like, that is not even how we play anymore. That's not where I'm leading you. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, like, just having all these really, I think that, you know, they were really good books for a season of my life, but it's just not that time and space anymore. So um, I wanted to to bring that up because a lot of times, you know, often what worked for us to get us here, you know, having to listen to podcasts all the time to reset us, like, now it's about getting to go deeper within so that we can, you know, hold, hold, you know, have a sense of clarity and energy. But I think really what we're talking about here with the workouts and the morning routine and the naps and the sleeping is capacity. And capacity and presence go hand in hand because if you don't have the physical and mental capacity because you are stressed out and burnt out, Mm -hmm. man, it is like pretty much impossible to hold presence. And I know this is something you talk about a lot in the in the corporate space and with the guys that you coach and I talk about it in the in the you know mm-hmm. in the coaching world that I'm in. So yep. talk to me about capacity, about, you know, yeah. a little bit. You know, so well there's there's three three C's that go into this. We teach this yeah. in everything that we do. It's yep. it's the we call it the three C's clarity, certainty, and capacity. Yeah. So clarity means um you could associate this with your motivation. So what um <clears throat> When, in fact, what we say is motivation doesn't exist. Um, yeah. I'm not a motivational speaker, <laughs> right? I'm a clarity coach. Yes, you know. And exactly. So when we're when we're clear on what we're creating, you feel motivated. Okay. When you're clear on what you're creating, you will feel motivated. So clearly, in this relationship, I create a bedrock of presence so that we can enjoy each other more. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's like that's worth getting up and going to the gym for. <laughs> Amen. Did you hear what he said? Repeat that, please. In this, repeat what you just said, because I feel like that bears repeating. In yeah. this relationship, right? So, I yeah, in this really, yeah. I mean, I'm clearly creating, right? and that's how you say it. Like I'm clearly creating um, a bedrock of presence, right? Yes. So that you know we can enjoy each other more. Therefore, going to the gym is a non-negotiable. So, so easy. Right. So yeah. it makes that decision easier, right? To when I say, okay, I got to go. Like I'll, I'll say to you, like uh, if I'm triggered. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go handle my shit, which yeah. means I'm going to go take 20 minutes and, like, go for a walk, yep. get outside, like, go do something yep. to clear my head so that I can come back, you know, and and be 
more uh, more present, right? So the other day, like I had left some headphones here, and somebody <laughs> abused them, and they got ended up. I found them like my you know your my, Bose my, headset. My, okay, now like my my AirPods. I'm talking about like my three hundred fifty dollars set of Bose headphones are laying underneath a bus in a puddle of mud outside. Yeah, not right? cool. And so obviously, um, like I'm pretty, you know, that I'm good at handling my triggers and <laughs> pretty good at not getting triggered by a lot of things. I don't take it personal. I took this personal yeah. and, you know, and, and so I have the whole story, everything's getting spun up. Right. And then, but I get reminded, I remind myself like at some point, right. When I can take a minute, when I can get a minute to breathe, mm-hmm. so this is not, okay. I'm not going to spend the rest of my day being upset about this. It's technology. Yeah. Technology does not trump relationships. Amen. And so what I get to do is go, I got to go reframe this and like get it out. So I go for a nice long walk with my dog and just get it handled. Create the space. Right? So, but with, cl- but only with clarity, right? Will yeah. I make the decision to do that? Because yeah. if you're not clear on what you're creating, everything else is just like, you don't know, you're, you have no idea what you're shooting for. So. Which is, yeah, which is one of the questions we always ask couples that we work with and stuff is like, what are we consciously creating here? <laughs> Let's bring it back to what we're actually here for in the yeah. first place. Yeah, absolutely. So the second C is the one that you mentioned, which is capacity. Capacity is obviously like literally the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional ability bandwidth. to hold the space. Bandwidth. Right? Do you have the bandwidth? Do you have the energy? Yeah. And that's just, that's a, that's a strong yes or no. Like, you yeah. know, whether you do or whether you don't, if you're finding yourself too tired too often, well, that's a direct indicator that something's got to shift. It's nutrition, it's sleep, it's exercise. It's probably one of those three. Yeah. Because it's an energetic game. You're an energy machine, yeah. right? You're like a vessel that is like moving all this energy. And if you think like, mm-hmm. I can only hold so much at one time, then and people are siphoning from you all day long and you're pouring out into your work and your children and everything else and especially if you operate from that stance of i'm the guy i'm the source <laughs> your cup can only hold so much so you better be refilling that cup otherwise you know you can't suck from a dry well this is why also i talk a lot about really moving to become more of a vessel and a channel to to be in a state of flow and just, you know, you're always sort of in this state of capacity building as we go along. And it's just like, it's happening, right? It's not like I got to go over here, rebuild, come back. There's moments where we have to go replenish our stores, but we can start to play in a space. Again, a mastery practice, right? Um, Where we're starting to become more of a, this becomes more of a place where we operate from, where we're building as we give. And it's like this giving and receiving type of relationships and living. Um, But again, that takes time to cultivate and capacity is definitely something to start to really make a priority. So there's, there's, there's long version capacity and there's short version capacity. You can develop more capacity in the moment if you allow yourself. And I know you've done some stuff. I'm sure you've either shared it on the podcast or I know, and I know you have modules um, available to people that they need to go get on like how to use, you know, just a five minute, you know, short breath work session to get the presence and capacity back. Right. So I'm going to give you guys something at the end of this podcast. <laughs> I know that, yeah. So there's tons of resources on ways that you can, I mean, if, if I'm struggling, right, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I've got three more meetings to get through the day. And I just like, I don't want to be here right now. Like there are still ways that you can recalibrate your presence, right? Push everything back 15 minutes on the calendar, have your assistant do it and, um, and, and just push just a little bit so that you can be present in that. Pull back, pull back just a little bit, not push. So that is a perfect place for me to just say that, yes, he is being on. We love to take one hour workouts and 20 minute meditations and our walk in the evening. But, you know, what, what we really get to cultivate is also the practice of micro, micro realignments, these micro moments of just pulling your energy, your focus, your attention, your intention back into the moment and sort of just pulling back from everything and dropping back into your body. So it, this is a perfect place for me to say, I'm gonna give you guys an audio clip that you can listen to just a couple minutes to help you do that. And if you wanna grab that, you guys can text the word PRESENCE to 844-974-4593. So you can text the word PRESENCE to 844-974-4593. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And you guys can listen to that audio of micro recalibrations, which is one of many, many tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. So yeah, building capacity as we move through the day, key. So you talked about clarity, 
capacity. And I think those two things together build certainty. Those are the two <laughs> The certainty. I was just going to text the number so that I can get the thing that you're going to send out. Oh, he's going to text. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give it to you after. Yeah. After. So when, when we put those two together, right, when you have, you know, great clarity, so you feel motivated, you know which direction you're heading, you've got the capacity, the energy, um, the ability, the channel is flowing, has the ability to flow, you will automatically show up with a greater level of certainty. Yes. Now, right, all it takes is reps. Yeah. Right. Now it just takes reps. Reps. And and that, that that's literally something you don't put this one off. Like you start today um, and here, here's how you know if you do or don't. Right. Because you'll know. <laughs> right. Again, if you find yourself, con- let's just take your your significant other, take your wife as an example. If you are constantly in a state of questioning, like, is she is she does she like me? Does she, you know, is the, is there a level of respect? Is she going to like the the restaurant that I picked? Is she going to be okay with this? Right. If you find yourself constantly questioning, questioning your, and doubting, what, yeah, <laughs> right. Now you can go too far with your, with your arrogance yeah. and confidence. Like, you know, we're yeah. talking about arrogance, not talking about certainty, right? Certainty is like, do you feel certain? Do you just hold the ground beneath her that she walks on so that um, she can feel your grounded presence? I want to say that this is huge, you guys, because certainty is not the same as knowing every detail, right? Like, I think that one of the things that we, a superpower, as we shift into operating in this, like, supernatural world, and we're living an extraordinary life that is not like the status quo, because the status quo is reactive 24-7, attack and defend mode all the time, living in the future, the past, emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted, right? And disconnected in relationships. That is the norm. So we're talking to people who are really here to live outside of that norm. And part of that new program is recognizing that I'm on a need-to-know basis with God. (laughs) And if I need to be the person that knows every single detail all of the time, and that's where my certainty comes from, I'm pretty much guaranteed I'm going to be screwed. But if my certainty, if I can, you know, lean into this place that the great unknown— I don't, I can't control her. I can't control him. I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. And even the situation we're in now with the house, we're about to put an offer on this property that just came up because we have really made a conscious decision to live in the now and lean into the unknown and cultivate, you know, that space where that gets to happen, where God gets to surprise us, but it's our duty to stay grounded internally. And so what's funny is the more we lean into external uncertainty, the more Inter- being okay with external uncertainty, the more inner certainty we cultivate, right? Because mm-hmm. we're like, well, I'm I'm anchored here, and we get to like hold this space for each other. So I think like that's a, it's not a little bit of a mind bend because you know. But a lo- how many of us are always like, if we're seeking certainty and safety from how much money's in our bank account, or how our husband or wife is going to react, or if our kids are going to get the grades, or show up for work, or do the yeah. thing, we're pretty much it is a chronic setup for consistent disappointment. Mm -hmm. And we will forever be seeking something else outside of ourselves to give us that false sense of security and safety, which is not the same thing as inner certainty. Mm -hmm. So I think, and and it was, of course, of course it happened this way, that it's this morning we were going to record this podcast on presence. And literally we both got, I got hit with so many triggers this morning with my teenage son who, you know, is, God is really testing me, my patience, my presence and all of it. He's my great teacher right now. And I got to, you know, throw this last tactical thing in here and then we'll sort of wrap up is that, you know, in those moments where I just, I know in my flesh, in my physical, like, humanness that I am human. Hello, human here. I do not have the eyes, the patience, the hearing to to see what's going on. Like, I just—I can honestly say, especially it's a clo- if it's really close to you, like with my teenage son, it's like—it triggers me hot. It triggers me hot and heavy because I'm really close to it, right? Like, viscerally, I'm the mama bear and all this stuff. So you try to pull yourself back, and there comes a point where I just sort of surrender and say, God— Like, I can't see this on my own. I can't hear. I'm reactive. I'm being judgmental, resentful, bitter, all of the things. So give me eyes to see. Like, this was literally a prayer that I did this morning, which was like, God, let me see through your eyes what I cannot see. Let me hear what you can, only you can hear, because what I've been hearing clearly isn't working. Let me just open my heart Mm -hmm. to have more of a heart of compassion or understanding or grace or whatever is required that I can't 
right now my heart has become hardened too. So we cannot underestimate the power of these, I call them arrow prayers, (laughs) where I'm literally like in the heat of the moment, I'm launching an arrow like for divine intervention. You know, I'm kind of like launching an arrow to the ultimate anchor to go, hey, give me something here because I can't, I just don't have what it takes right now. And I think that there's great power in admitting, I. there are moments where me and my humanness and my flesh is not enough. I get to call on the wisdom and guidance, mm-hmm. patience, whatever's required in the moment of God, of the Holy Spirit, um, and of each other, right? Like there's so many times where I lean on Mark and I've been leaning on you pretty hard lately, you know? <laughs> and I'm so grateful. And I just want to say that for all of you men that are listening and you women that, you know, we it is a great service and a great gift to give to each other to cultivate a space where the other person can come and also feel at ease and safe in our presence. You know, I can really honestly say that I can come to you and I don't feel judged or, you know, I know you like to fix problems, but you've done such a good job of holding the space and then asking me, do you want me to, you know, do you want me to handle this and that, waiting for me? That's a tactical thing right yeah, there, right? that's I a mean, tactical thing. Yeah, because so often, like, it's just our native instinct as men to <laughs> to see the problem and you know like I, I see the 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 16 year old that doesn't get up to go to work this morning and I want to I want to roll in there <laughs> with a bucket of water and handle it yeah right like that's my <laughs> that was my first instinct uh-huh right yeah you know and so it's not my problem to fix okay it's not my problem to fix. Like this is my, <laughs> uh, you know, my opportunity to to practice presence and say, okay, what what does she need from me? You know, in this in this moment, probably not to get as triggered as I did this morning, but you know, what what does she need? And then when you know, if she is requesting the bucket of water, I will gladly go yeah. get it. <laughs> right? I'll wait. I'll wait for the command. Yeah. Right. But it's really yeah. about holding the space for her to deal with it. It's her son. Yeah. It's my stepson. It's not, you know. So, uh, but one you know, one thing, a couple of things I wanted to just touch on really quick as we you know bring this bring this mm-hmm. in for a landing. I, I'm I'm in a season of presence upgrade. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Now. Like this is something that I chose three months ago when we were on vacation in Costa Rica and I was studying the Book of Matthew and in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things that Jesus talks about is about not needing to be anxious. In fact, yes, he says, Jesus himself, the man, <laughs> right? The man himself said, uh, the son of God himself said, who has added an hour to his life by being anxious? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that one always hits me. Yeah. You know, when I think about the business challenges and the things that come up for us throughout the course of the day, the week, the month, the year, um, you know, all the business challenges that we've ever had, and I've had some significant ones. Like, I don't think I feel like I'm not hitting the numbers, or how am I going to make payroll, mm-hmm. or how are we going to, you know, hit the margins that we're trying to get, or, you know, prove ourselves to the investors, or, you know, uh, we make a mistake, right? And we lose somebody else's money. And on the backside of all of these, all these things, like the one consistent thing is that nobody dies. We're all still here. Like, We're all still. And like I think that the, the, the event, the thing, the trigger, like it never kills such, you. Yeah. Right. I mean, people yeah. do horrible things because of these, because they get out of control with it. But what I'm, what I'm saying is like the trigger doesn't kill you. And so if you can make it through that and get a hold of your story, right. And have the capacity, right. And the certainty to be able to, to weather the storm. Like you always come out the other side somehow upgraded or better. Yeah. And so the day that I read that, Right. The, the moment, like within an hour, right. I have six different reasons to be anxious. Of course. Right. So just know, like, you know, the minute you decide you're going to get an upgrade, you're going to get divine appointments and divine opportunities to lean into it. And this is a huge body of work that both Mark and I do, um, is cultivating presence, clarity, certainty, capacity with the men, the teams, the couples that we work with, because this is where we consciously co-create the new future, right? If we are still in reaction, we are recreating the past because what we are reacting to is the physical perfect manifested outcome of what we brought to the table up until this point. So we're literally engaging with the past, right? When we're reacting to what we see in the now, we are reacting to the past, which means we are feeding the past more energy. We're feeding it more of our life force 
So we're going to just keep repeating and recycling these scenarios. And when we make the conscious decision to upgrade our standards, you know, we, Mark and I have talked about this many times, and we talk about this often in our relationship. What's the standard get to be for us, for the kids, for the business, finances, all of it? Every time we do that, <laughs> we both get like divine opportunities to practice. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we get to just be, you know, so number one, know that. Number two, just to kind of recap where we've been, remember, we're always in training. We're always being trained how to respond, how to react, or we are training ourselves, right? So we can let the environment do it for us. Where we can really work with God to say, okay, what's, what am I being trained to move through here? What's, what's actually going on? And we get to become more aware, more of an observer of our environment. And as we upgrade our standards, we start to ask better questions. And that's that's really something we didn't talk a lot about today, but we it was woven in as just like, what is really going on here? Is anyone actually dying? Like, is this going to matter a year from now, or am I just reacting to a bunch of energy? Do I want to keep experiencing time like this? Do I want to keep experiencing relationship dynamics that are always in strife and fight mode, you know? Or am I ready to well, experience and, and life your different? part in that? Yeah. Right? So <laughs> like, make a decision. Decision, yeah. Right. There, there's so many things going on in the world right now. There's plenty of reason the, um, you know, the, the triggers that I see people in my circle getting upset by, whether it's the censorship or the, you know, different opinions on, uh, you know, vaccines or, you know, masks and no masks, and then all kinds of other things going on. You know, should Space Force be going to space? Should we, you know, <laughs> all these should, things to worry about? All these about. like opinions yeah. about all the things. So just decide, man. Like, what is your part in that game? If you are going to decide to be an activist and your your job, your mission in this life is to create, you know, political change, then that's your job. Yeah. Awesome. Clearly focus on creating the capacity to do that. Yeah. If that's not your job, right? Then if that's not what you're deciding to do and you're just somebody who's going to get pissed off about it, then focus on something else. That is a lot of energy that can be channeled it's, towards it's, something still, else. I mean, I just see this, you know, people trolling on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook. Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Constantly, like, going down a rabbit hole, like, you know, having their opinion about everybody else's thing. That's energy that could have been expended towards presence for your family, you know, or your work or your clients or other people that that actually matter to the kingdom that you're creating. Yeah. So be clear on on what you're creating. comes back to clarity, but especially with all the distractions and everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, yeah, you guys, I just want to thank you for being here. And remember that a lot of you listening are here because you're impactor, like you're here to make an impact, to influence others. The way that we influence, the way that we shift and create a ripple effect is it starts with us, right? If we can't be fully present with ourselves, it's impossible to be able to be fully present with others. So as you learn to upgrade your standards, naturally a side effect of this is that you have a ripple effect, a tidal wave, right? That's starts from within. So I want to encourage everybody listening. You know, everybody wants to go out, conquer the world, conquer the next thing, be a huge part of the solution. And it's funny because it's a micro shift that happens inside. If it happens inside of each one of us, this is how we make a massive ripple effect, tidal effect in our homes, our relationships, our families, our businesses, our communities. And just imagine what we could begin to shift if we made a conscious decision to not be reactive and start consciously co-creating the new instead of always responding to reacting to history, right? Otherwise, this is why history keeps repeating itself. I mean, that's the reason why we are always repeating because we're always reacting. So on that note, I just want to thank you all for being here. I want to remind you that if you want a very tactical, we, we drop lots of them. You can check them out in the show notes. We gave you tactical things, high-level views, This was a great conversation. And if you want something tangible that you can literally like plug your ear into and just listen to to pull you back out of the matrix, right? To pull you back and disconnect you, plug you back into your heart. You could text the word presence to 844-974-4593. I'll send you an audio clip. You can just save it on your phone. And anytime you need to recalibrate, reset, you can use that. Just one of many, many tools in the toolbox. And um, I will end it there, but I will just say, hey, Mark, do you have any final words as we, um, we, we jump off, you know, in terms of presence? Any final 
thoughts or words for the audience? Mm-hmm. Presence, presence is a practice, and it's a it's a daily commitment. You know, to get up and, and create yourself as um, as a channel. Uh, as a as a grounded force is the gravity that your family needs. Yes, you are the gravity. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Make sure that you, if you are not already in our Warriors of the Heart Facebook group, you guys get on over there. I'm getting ready to host a couple live experiences um, that you'll definitely want to make sure you are part of on how to drop the armor of your past so that you can call in and rebuild extraordinary relationships with a whole new presence. So make sure you're part of that Facebook group. Download or text the word presence to that number I gave you earlier so you can get that free uh, tool. Until next time, here's to rising as warriors of the heart and living the untamed life where deep love, adventure, and courageous leadership are the norm, not the exception. See you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, Here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.